This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. Blessed Sunday and Christmas season to you all. Today I have for you a sobering reminder, as these usually are, from St. John Bosco. These are two short visions of his, and as I'll remind you at the end, he recounted these visions to the orphans in his care. To the, to the boys in his care at the boys' home he ran. He was given these visions, presumably for the purpose of the first law of the church, the salvation of souls, and in this case, for him, for the salvation of the souls of the boys under his care, as they frequently, as they do in this one, prominent, are prominently featured in his visions. And the first is very short, and it's followed almost immediately by um, a longer but still very short vision these kinds of visions aren't, you know, about the apocalypse or anything like that. These are about the individual apocalypse, the wages of sin, and our, you know, the reality of our finite time on this earth. Let me know what you think of this after you hear these both. God bless. We dream when we sleep. Therefore, while I was sleeping, I found myself in church with all the boys. As mass began, many red-robed horned devils began circulating among the boys, trying to catch their attention with toys, books, delicacies, scenes of home, and whatever each boy had a particular liking for. Every lad had a little devil at his side, trying to distract him from the mass. Little devils were perched on some boy's shoulders, petting and stroking them. As the bell signaled the elevation, the boys bowed their heads and the devils disappeared. However, those lads who had devils on their shoulders turned their backs to the altar instead of adoring. After the elevation, every devil was back to his job. I believe, my dear boys, that this dream showed me all the distractions you are subjected to by the devil at Mass. The fact that some demons did not vanish at the elevation means that those boys were in mortal sin. The devil no longer had to distract them. They are his already. He just keeps caressing them. Those boys can no longer even pray. That was the vision of St. John Bosco on the devils in the church, the devils that sit in the pews being distracted at Mass. Some parishes, by the way, I think naturally make this worse. Now, this is not a Novus Ordo Latin Mass thing. This is a, does your parish have a separate cry room from, its, from say, a, you know, an actual separate room where they put children in? during Mass, and parents who have to watch them, maybe letting them watch the Mass on television, versus a different setup, where maybe it's just, you know, sitting on the other side of a glass barrier so that children don't disrupt the Mass, but you're still otherwise participating in Mass. I think these, some setups for handling loud and boisterous children at Mass lend themselves worse and be or better to this kind of question allowing those devils better access to being to roaming free. That's just my opinion, though. The next is the sort of solution to the effects of sin in our life, a vision that St. John Bosco has of his famous vision of the snake. The snake and the rosary, a vision of St. John Bosco. I want to tell you a dream I had some nights ago, most probably on the eve of the Assumption, I dreamed that I was at my brother's home at Castelnuevo de Astri with all my boys. 
While they were at play, a total stranger came up to me and asked me to go with him. He took me to a meadow alongside the playground and pointed to a huge, ugly snake over twenty feet long, coiled in the grass. Frightened, I wanted to run off, but the stranger held me back. Get closer and take a good look, he said. What? I gasped. Don't you realize that the monster could spring on me and gobble me up in no time? Don't be afraid. Nothing of the sort will happen. Just come with me. Nothing doing. I'm not crazy. Then stay where you are, the stranger replied, and he went to fetch a rope. Take this end, he said on his return, and grip it tightly with both hands. I'll hold the other end, and we'll let it dangle over the snake. And then? Then we'll snap it across its back. You must be crazy. The snake will leap up and tear us to pieces. No, it won't. Leave that to me. Count me out. I have no intention to risk my life for a thrill of this kind. Again, I tried to run away, but the stranger once more assured me that I had nothing to fear because the snake would do me no harm. He talked so persuasively that I stayed on and agreed to his plan. He went around to the other side of the monster. We stretched the rope and then snapped it across the snake's back. The monster immediately sprang up and struck at the rope, but as it did so, it had snared itself as in a noose. Hold on, the stranger shouted. Don't let go. He ran to a nearby pear tree and tied his end of the rope to it. Then he came to me and tied my end to the iron grating of a window in the house. The snake kept furiously struggling to free itself, writhing, thrashing, and flailing about. In its fury, it tore itself to pieces, scattered its flesh over the area till it was slashed to a mere skeleton. The stranger then untied the rope and coiled it up. Now watch very carefully, he said, as he put it into a box and closed it. By this time the boys had swarmed about me. Within a few moments he opened the box. We looked in and were astounded to see the rope shaped into the words, Ave Maria, Hail Mary. How did that happen? I asked. The snake, the man replied, is a symbol of the devil, whereas the rope stands for Ave Maria, or rather, the rosary, a succession of Hail Marys with which we can strike, conquer, and destroy all of hell's demons. What followed is even stranger and more amazing, but it's too late to tell you now. I'll leave it for tomorrow. In the meantime, let us give thought to what the stranger said about the Hail Mary and the Rosary. Let us devoutly say a Hail Mary whenever we are tempted, and we'll be sure to win. Good night. Part 2 of the Same Vision As recounted by a brother who was a witness to the telling. On August 21st, 1862, after night prayers, we were all anxious to hear the second part of the dream, which Don Bosco had described as strange and interesting, but we were disappointed. Last night, Don Bosco said, I stated that I would tell you the second part of the dream, but regretfully, I do not think it opportune to keep my promise. The following day, August 22nd, we again pestered him to tell us, at least privately, the part of the dream he had not revealed. He did not want to change his mind, but after much insistence on our part, he finally relented, and promised that he would tell us more that evening. At the goodnight address, he spoke as follows. Yielding to your entreaties, I shall tell you the second part of the dream, or at least what little I can. First, I must make it clear that no one is to write or talk about it outside this house. Discuss it among yourselves, laugh at it, do as you wish, but only among yourselves. Now, while talking with that stranger about the rope, the snake, and what they symbolized, I turned around and saw boys picking up scraps of snake meat and eating them. What are you doing? I shouted. Are you mad? That meat is poisonous. 
It's delicious, they replied. And yet no sooner had they swallowed it than they would crumple to the ground, and their bodies would swell and harden like stone. I was helpless, because despite this, more and more boys kept eating that meat. I shouted and yelled at them, and even slapped and punched them to keep them from eating, but in vain, for every one who crumpled to the ground and another took his place. Then I called the clerics and told them to go among the boys and do all they could to make them stop eating that meat. My order was ineffective. Worse yet, some clerics themselves began to eat it, and they too fell to the ground. Nearly out of my mind at seeing so many boys lying about me in such a pitiful state, I turned to the stranger. What does this mean? I asked. These boys know that this meat will kill them, yet they eat it. Why? Because the sensual man does not perceive the things that are of God. That's why, he answered. But isn't there some way of saving these boys? Yes, there is. What? Anvil and hammer. Anvil and hammer? What for? To put the boys back in shape. You mean I am to put them on an anvil and strike them with the hammer? Look, the stranger said, this whole thing is a symbol. The hammer, the hammer symbolizes confession, and the anvil symbolizes holy communion. These are the remedies you must use. I went to work and found the treatment very effective, but not for all. While most boys were restored to life and recovered, a few did not because their confessions were bad. Among the remarks of the historians, we read, The poisonous meat of the monstrous snake might well symbolize scandal which destroys one's faith, or immoral irreligious readings. Likewise, what else might disobedience, collapsing, swelling up, and hardening signify but pride, obstinacy, and love of sin? The prayers and sacrifices of the just must first ask that God's grace warm hardened hearts and soften them, so that the sacraments of penance and holy Eucharist may exercise their divine efficacy. Thus the hammer's blows and the anvil's support will both bring about the cure of an ulcer-ridden but now docile heart. The sparks fly and the heart is reconditioned. And that, or those, were visions of St. John Bosco, which he always told to the boys in his care, at least from this collection that I have of his visions. He used them as teaching, moral teaching, to try to pull these lads out of sin to help bring them closer to God, because that was obviously the point of him receiving the visions in the first place, for the salvation of souls. Don Bosco was a was a priest at an orphanage, and these boys were young, and they were already lost. But it was his job to bring them back. And he is a saint, so we can assume that he brought many back. But his own visions showed him that not all that not all of his efforts would be successful. And this was at a time when there were far fewer things trying to tempt us off the path of the good and the just. In his description of the snake and the hammer and the anvil, how much of that applies to you and I? I want you to really think about that. Especially if you're listening to this on your way to Mass, I hope that you are blessed with a parish that has the Mass offered before and during, or has the confession offered before and during Mass, like I do. That seems to be the norm at traditional Latin Mass parishes that have more than one priest, but I rarely see that at Novus Ordo parishes. But maybe you have a Novus Ordo parish that offers you a confession during Mass and before Mass on a Sunday. Those seem to be rare in my experience. But if you have such an opportunity, take advantage. Go to confession if you need. Let me know what you thought of this in the comments, please.
like, and subscribe if you haven't. It does help, as does sharing this on social media. That helps, too. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.